Last time, blue dragons attacked the council to, to reclaim Utgard for themselves. You took part in that struggle, at first facing a bunch of half-dragon veterans as you witnessed the death of the stone giant Burgomir. You then defeated a young blue dragon with the red man heroically putting his life on the line to save CD8. So when you fought the dragon, the battle was still undecided, but thanks to your victory and the giant's wrath, your side was able to land a decisive blow. United, the three giants slew the last remaining adult dragon and its, and its offspring. Without the draconic presence, the auxiliary forces either, either sur surrendered or fled. Now the battle is won, and though this is cause for some celebrations with mojitos and the like, there is also a lot of grief and grim determination. So where are we in the in the thick of all this chaos? Are we trying to help out the wounded? Are we moving around the battlefield? Are we just trying to get the hell out of here? I imagine Hedwig would probably be trying to like take care of people. Yeah, I'd probably look around and see who I can help. Yeah, where is everyone? Where are the people that we know? So, for example, um, Hemir's guard in particular. Um, those are the people we know the best. So you look look around the battlefield and you can see a lot of people lying on the ground, dead or severely wounded. And after a quick checkup, uh, you can see there are five people dead that you know by name, even though two of you I've only mentioned last time. Uh, so Bergomir is dead, the stone giant. Oscar, who is the the dragonborn advisor to the flay to the fire giant sword. He's dead. And also Ralph, Ulf, and Bjorn are all dead. Um, Ralph, you've interacted with a few times. Mm -hmm. You can see Wolfgang and Ilva, two of the other guards of Hymir, are severely wounded. And Helga is too. They have sustained severe injuries. But where's Bernie? Uh, Bernie is okay. She, she looks very... Obviously, she, <laughs> she was just fighting a bunch. So, so she does have some wounds and everything, but she's all right. How, how is she like taking care of Wolfgang and there are sparks flying. No sparks. I need to set this place on fire. Maybe some sparks will fly then. This is one fire maybe even the red man can't ignite. Watch me try. Not that it necessarily matters to you guys, but the, like a, a big part of the uh, sword's retinue is also dead. Like there's a dead salamander. All the mm -hmm. warforged are destroyed or killed, depending on how you want to look at mm -hmm. warforge. And one hellhound is also lying dead on the ground. Two of the Valkyries are also dead, and a few dozen Einhelia also. But uh, yeah, you're welcome to try to help anyone that I just mentioned. Yeah, so anyone who looks like they are active, actively dying, Hedwig sprints as fast as she can, which is not very fast. <laughs> but she can cast Spare the Dying as a cantrip. So mm -hmm. she's first just going to try and stabilize anyone and everyone that she can that she can reach okay so that would be actually wolfgang uh Ilva and helga mm -hmm. the red man's gonna cast haste 
on Hedwig so she can double her speed and move twice as fast. <laughs> nice. She's going to be like, like wow. a little lightning bolt running around the battlefield. <laughs> yeah, people. she's just like zipping around and just like, spare the dying, spare the dying, spare the dying. Um, and so, yeah, thanks to you, Wolfgang, Ilva, and Helga seem like, you know, they're still knocked out and everything. Mm-hmm. But, and they have all sustained pretty bad injuries, but it seems like they're pulling through. Mm-hmm. That's good. I was going to make rolls to maybe maybe Wolf, uh, maybe Wolfgang dies. I don't know. But thanks to you, they will survive. Everybody makes like a makeshift camp. Obviously, it's uh, the most important thing is taking care of the wounded. But there are definitely specialists for that. And you kind of take a take a night's sleep on the next day. You know, everybody's kind of corroborating. The giants are having a having a talk, and obviously they're mourning their a dead brother. And you're visited by Himir. And he says, I see you're recovering. That's good. You can be proud of yourself. Only a few people live to tell the tale of encountering a dragon, much less killing it. You've done a great deed, and we will, of course make good on our promise to aid you on your way back home. Skadi and Sword will use their abilities on the teleportation circle once we will get a grip on the situation. Who cast that spell on Skadi? I thought Skadi was a magic user. Who would be powerful enough to put a Gias on her? It seems like some of her Arakokra followers were either deceived, threatened, not capable of any critical thinking, or just plain opportunistic and aided the blue dragons. And it seems like they took over Skiadi's realm and the, uh, and my sister herself. Her advisor, Inga, actually was controlled herself and then cast a gears on Skiadi. Oh, wow. So it was kind of a chain reaction because she was one, one of her closest allies. So Skiadi kind of had her guard down and did not did not know anything about blue dragons encroaching on her realm. Mm-hmm. It seems like the blue dragons might be gone for good now. Our ancestors have killed all of the ancient dragons and we might have killed the remaining adult dragons. But of course, there are other types of dragons and we will have to convene with the people of Midgard and Asgard. I mean, you could massacre them all. We're planning on it. We just have to know where they where they are. Okay, that's cool. We had thought we had massacred them hundreds of years ago, but it's, it doesn't seem that way. Of course, of course, only the uh, chromatic dragons, the meta- the the other ones are fine. They're 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 like they're okay. They're okay allies, I suppose. What's the difference? Can you explain that to me? So there's a difference between metallic and chromatic dragons. And there's basically one for like there's one of each kind of type in terms of like damage output, for example. Okay. And the uh, metallic dragons are basically in terms of alignment are good dragons and the um, um, chromatic dragons are evil. Oh, okay. Cool. The chromatic dragons all come from the evil five-headed dragon goddess Tiamat, and the metallic dragons come from the platinum dragon god Bahamut. Interesting. Who were at one stage both one and the same god, called Io. Ooh. Interesting. God, there's so much back background here. 
so much yeah honestly <laughs> lots of lore we are obviously concerned but luckily we have friends on the two other planes as well so we will have to keep an eye out for signs of a new dragon renaissance and somehow we ended up in the middle of this dragon giant war wait then who did the trans who like fucked with our thing with our transportation thingy <laughs> are you asking me or ask, are you asking him here? I'm asking somebody. Somebody answer me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can ask me in the Q&A if you want, but Himir doesn't know. The three giants and the healthy members of their retinues accompany you to the only functioning teleportation circle in Utgard, uh, which is just a few hours away. And as you arrive there, you can see Sword using her kind of technical abilities on the console while Skadi is weaving a spell on the teleportation field. Can I make an arcana check to try and determine what kind of spell she's doing? Sure. Forgot my dice. <laughs> <laughs> I can roll if you want. Sure, go ahead. I have plus eight to arcana. Oops. Oh, no, my d4. <laughs> I rolled a seven. You can make an arcana check with advantage. One second. Uh, the other one is a 13. All right, so 20. Or, sorry, 21. Okay, cool. See, she uses teleport. <laughs> <laughs> good to know. I'm rather suspicious. No, that's right. It's good. It's good to be certain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she basically, she obviously she doesn't use it because otherwise she would teleport away the teleportation field. But uh, she she basically imbues it, imbues it with a charge. So it okay. works. Before we get onto the teleportation pad or whatever the hell. Um, I walk up to the red man and present to him this new rabbit jacket that I made for him that is like pristinely put together using the time and like the, the resources that we have now and present it to him and say, may you never feel cold again. Oh, thanks, Ahoy. I'll wear it at my most formal occasions. This is my, this is my royalty garb right now. Next time I'm entertaining a king, should such a thing ever happen this is what i'm gonna wear uh, let's see what i call it i can call it ahoy's love ahoy's <laughs> jacket maybe ahoy's uh, love jacket the, the, oh, the, the coat of friendship coat of friendship all Ooh. right guys i've got the coat of friendship in my inventory now <laughs> nice and can I'll... you please write in brackets rabbit <laughs> <laughs> already did cool yeah and actually um Himir also gives you uh, an instrument that was basically a gift from Eleanor. Hmm. You can choose which one it is. I didn't want to make that decision for the Red Man. So whatever you think might be a good instrument for the Red Man to play, you have it now as kind of a bond from Eleanor. Okay. Well, the Red Man is proficient in uh, the fiddle. After one month of... In game time, you will get advantage on performance checks using this fiddle. Cool. I mean, you could have it so that the fiddle you have is like a classically sized one, and this one might be like more like viola sized as a fiddle, mm -hmm. something like that. So it might be slightly different. Cool. Yeah, I'm gonna do that. And while while I'm giving out gifts, this is the only like actual in game gift, like in terms of narrative, but or like in terms of what like physical gifts. But also, Hedwig, you get advantage on religion checks in the future. Sweet. Because you're now more favored by Stronmau since you have proven yourself to him and have helped not only his kind, but also like his family more specifically. Mm -hmm. So you have risen in, the, in his favor. Um, and Ahoy, you get 
as an additional favorite enemy for free, you get dragons. Oh, fun. And CD8, who is quote-unquote just your beast companion, usually doesn't get this, but now that I feel like he is definitely now part of the team, uh, and now that he has like such such a great hit point and everything, he now gets death saves. So that mm. means whenever he is knocked unconscious, he whenever he is at zero hit points, he doesn't die. Because I looked it up, it's it's not a spectre, it's not a familiar. So if he got to zero hit points, he would literally die, and that's <gasps> the end of that. Oh my god! But, but now, whenever CD8 gets at to zero hit points, you have to you can roll death saves for him, so he has a big chance of surviving. Yay! And that means I also could I would have time to stabilize him as well. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I will say I will say this, I've leveled you up quite quickly and gave you a lot of items and stuff, but that won't happen as much in the future. <laughs> uh, just because I was kind of fun to do it in the beginning. But now I think it's going to take a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, uh, eventually Surt and Skadi are done fiddling with the uh, teleportation field. Ha. <laughs> they tell you it's it's kind of been surprisingly difficult to, to do it, but they've established a connection to Faroon. You know, everyone's there wishing you a fond farewell. And at the very end, Himir gives you each a signet ring of Jotun, the house of the giants in Utgard, cool. that you make uh, may carry with you and put on if you f- if you want. Mm-hmm. So Hedwig, because I think she would definitely want to talk to them a little bit. She'd look at Himir and say, um, while I can't say exactly that it was a pleasure overall, thank you for your hospitality and... I, for one, am happy that we were able to help. It is my pleasure entirely. Uh, You've proven yourself as allies and maybe even friends if you want to go that far. And you will be welcome if you ever want to return. You will be welcome back anytime. Sweet. My best friend's a giant. (laughs) He opens his mouth as to say, like, best friends, but then he just, he's just like, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to tell everybody. And Hedwig would say that, um, and if you ever find yourselves in Faerun, particularly in Everland, you have a safe place at the Glass Blazers. We'll be able to make room. I thank you. And with that, you step onto the teleportation circle and give a last look to Utgard and your new allies and friends, possibly, until you're teleported away. I hope it works this time. (laughs) (laughs) It does work. It does work because you find yourself back where you started on field 37 at teleportation travel in Neverwinter. I demand a refund. (laughs) (laughs) And that's where we'll end the kind of the the wrap up of this little arc. We're going to continue with a Q&A now and then Next time we're gonna play a more more extensive campaign. Cool. Sweet. Just to warm up. Fighting dragons and uh <laughs> giants just to warm up. Who was the ominous figure with the crows going above his head? Yes, I wanted to know that. I was like, wait, wait. <laughs> was he just an omen of something bad going to happen, or is he significant in some way? No, so originally I wanted to give you a sort of an opportunity to choose basically you could stay in you could basically teleport to midgard which is 
So Utgard is basically the way I had inhabited. Uh, I had like thought about it is like in like Norse mythology, there is mm. Asgard, Midgard, and Utgard. And Mid- Midgard is basically where a lot of humanoids live. Asgard is where the the gods live. Mm-hmm. So I was gonna either give you the opportunity to teleport to Midgard to basically be active in the wars to come in this in this struggle uh, or you could teleport somewhere where it's or like to to different other places uh, one of them would be Faerun but there are two others that I'm not gonna mention okay because you know why would I uh, <laughs> maybe they come up in the future but I also thought like narratively it doesn't make sense for mm. your, for it because you would all like your characters would always choose to go back to Faerun I thought yeah or at least Hedwig would have the old man with the two ravens is actually Odin Oh. He was just hanging around in the back there like a creep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he was taking an interest because obviously the Valkyries and the mm. Angel were there, so the the gods did take an interest in what was going on because you know if the giants in Utgard call a council, that's something big. Yeah. So Odin was there just to see what's going on, and he is on good terms with the giants, so that kind of helped. And yeah, he was just there as like a little. He was just planned to be there. When I still had the idea of you staying in this place, but uh, like I just wanted to have him stay there in flavor, like as a little flavor thing, mm-hmm. even though you're not staying there. I would like to know: Would you like to give us some details of your kind of where you originally saw saw this um, mini campaign going, and how quickly did we break it? Uh, you broke it in the second session. By not killing Bergamir, basically, my idea was because it, originally we had planned, and I think we we said it in one of the early episodes that this was just going to be like a one-off eight-episode thing. Mm-hmm. So I had basically thought you'd go up against like a stone giant, like basically you'd go up against all of the four giants. First Bergamir, then Hymir, then Sword, and then in the end, like not against Skadi, but then Skadi would be ambushed by blue dragons, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the original idea. It kind of went off the walls when the stone giant was strong enough to kill us in two hits. No, I think you you definitely had a fighting chance. Really? Yeah, stone giants aren't that that tough. I think. Oh, it's just yeah, that one rocky threw at Ahoy, and it like you know knocked him down by half hit damage. points. It's like we, I, I was like, there's no way we're supposed to kill this dude. Like there's ah, no. <laughs> <I see. laughs> Yeah, I think I would have I would have had um, Adele uh, wake up eventually, and then like if you have another another fighter there, that would have been helpful. Mm-hmm. But yeah, when you when you said when you basically flat out said to uh, Adele that you weren't gonna kill Bergelmir, and then mm-hmm. you when you were in the cave, you were like, no, we're not gonna do this. We're gonna talk to him. And then I rolled, and he would have tried to kill you if I had rolled differently. But it was it all dependent on that one roll. And uh, yeah, the other two, there would have been like different kinds of missions, basically. Mm-hmm. Like you would have snuck into Swords Forge, for example. Hemir would have been a different thing. You would have, in the end, fought all of the guards, which <sighs> like would have been funny as a reveal just because, you know, mm-hmm. I thought about the where people, like all of them had like yeah. speaking names, basically. All of their names have something to do with wolves or bears, except for oh. Sigurd. Mm-hmm. But, so yeah, you would have fought a bunch of were people and stuff like that. So that kind of, I don't know. But but at that point, we had already talked about maybe doing it for longer than eight episodes. Yeah. So I was like, ah, no, I'm just gonna throw everything overboard. 
I still felt like I could have ta- given it more time, but I also then thought of this new campaign idea and then I was kind of a little bit impatient to ending <laughs> this. I didn't want to super rush through this, but I also could have given it way more time for yeah. sure. Explored a lot of the NPCs much more in a lot of different situations. I kind of rushed through that. There's not going to be much railroading in the future, I don't think. Great. That's so funny because uh, I was just like, there's no way. There's no way we we're supposed to kill Bergamir. He was so strong. <laughs> <laughs> What's keeping us together now? We're back where we started. Do we trust the teleport, the teleport <laughs> company again? Or are we going to try to make our way on foot and be like, hey, guys, you want to pitch in for a cab together? Because uh, I don't really trust this this company anymore. I'm going to give them zero stars. Yeah, that's the interesting thing, right? You're because you wanted all three wanted to go to Candlekeep, mm-hmm. and but now you're back in Neverwinter. But yeah, I, I guess you guys have to see what happens next time. But it's going to be interesting for sure. Like what keeps you together? I feel like this is kind of a. It's like you've definitely gone through something together, and now at the very end with uh, the Red Man and uh, and CD Eight, that what was like a big moment, I think, for you as a group. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you you guys see it, Alex and Rashad ostensibly you guys could all say like okay cool it was great going through this but now i'm just gonna do my own thing again i guess we'll have to see next time as you said right yeah because well i think that means that there is this very strong bond that has now been forged between the red man and ahoy but i feel like hedwig's still a little bit outside of it and one of the things that's been really interesting about being able to to listen to the episodes now so uh i don't know if we're allowed to do this sort of peek behind the curtain but now some have been published and like remembering things that happen that you just you don't remember as well when you don't repeat them so from hedwig's perspective i i think she can tell that ahoy tries to keep people at like not even arm's length but like at a very far distance and she can pull arm's length yeah exactly (laughs) 600 Um, feet (laughs) i was i was trying i was trying to think of like a good uh substitute for arm's length pulls arm was good um but listening to it now and seeing like there are these moments when ahoy does reach out for support like the number of times that he's sent like cd8 to come help hedwig like she she knows that and she sees that and I think because I think Hedwig is a bit of a fixer that um, while there isn't as strong of a bond that Ahoy and uh, Redman have that she might say, you know what, I I was going to Candlekeep to study, but like it's not like super urgent. And now that I'm back in Faerun, so I'm back where I feel like I belong, that like if maybe if Ahoy would have me, that I would be okay uh, going where he goes because she she wants to see if she can help. Oh, I mean, that's <laughs> like, oh, that's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> but I also think, yeah, okay, there's like this, like more strong of a direct bond between the Red Man and, uh, and Ahoy. But also... The Red Man has always liked Hedwig, like That's you know true. the whole Broomhilda <laughs> thing and all of that. Yeah, has always been fun. And also, 
that's why I had you all be interrogated like separately because I was really curious to see what each of your characters thinks about the others and Ahoy for example has expressed a great appreciation of Hedwig mm -hmm. so I feel like that's kind of a gateway into like a deeper bond in the future one at a time I guess for Ahoy yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it's it's hard for Hedwig to to uh read because I guess we'll find this out um later but like I mentioned my the glass blazer clan like she has a very strong network of people so she can't really relate to you know how solitary or I guess not exactly solitary uh because he's got cd8 but how yeah how alone he is and actually now that I think about it you could say the same thing about the red man like I have no idea what his connections are He's very interested in people. Oh, I'm friends with everybody. He's very, yeah, exactly. He's very interested in people, but where are his close bonds? What what's his support system? Does he even have one? Good questions. <laughs> that might be revealed in the future. But um, yeah, I wanted to ask you, Rashad, because that was like the first few times that you've played D and D. Now, what like how do, what do you think? Like how how what what was that experience for you? I mean, I still feel like I have no idea what's going on. You guys tell me otherwise, but. I still feel like <laughs> there is a lot to learn. Admittedly, I mean, that makes sense. It's something that's so deep. Um, but I enjoyed it. It's like, it's not, it, it's sometimes hard to kind of figure out how to go about things. And combat still feels very clunky, I feel. Mm. I think it was more natural for me to kind of build out the character and that kind of stuff. And that stuff is more i mean it, it's more universal i guess just character building and background stories and like mm -hmm. personalities and stuff like that as opposed to something that's very specific to how this works and i'm not familiar with like these kinds of games anyways so it's not like i could transfer previous knowledge outside of the, from outside of that so i mean overall like i enjoyed myself so that's <laughs> that's the best <laughs> thing and i'm looking forward to kind of learning more and kind of getting more smooth with how things work and sometimes I did feel like useless as a character, but that's just like mm. how to figure out to, how to be more effective with the, the, all of the, the, the weapons at my arsenal or, yeah, or at my disposal. You also had some really bad luck with rolls and like that, that, that can kind of stink where you're like, I'm going to do this. And you're like, and I've done nothing for three turns. Fantastic. Yeah. 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 There's definitely times where it's just like, oh, you're now you're in the water and you're you're basically <laughs> floundering and drowning for the entire battle, yeah. <laughs> um, and that's heavily role based, obviously. But that's the fun part about it, right? If you could yeah. choose exactly what you wanted to do, then what's the point of playing a game? Yeah, and some some classes and characters can definitely feel like one trick ponies. Mm. Yeah, with Ahoy, for example, you know, if you don't use spells, basically the only thing you can do right now is shoot someone with a longbow. And maybe that's kind of what is like just adding to to this feeling, but like because I I had a character like that as well who was just like they were able to deal a lot of damage and everything, but they were literally doing the same thing each turn. Yeah, and it's kind of like ah uh, uh, okay. Hmm. Stab hide, stab hide, stab exactly. Hide. <laughs> yeah. It's like it's with a rogue you're hiding and then just using sneak attack. Like what else can you do? There's not much more. Uh, oh, no, you when once you got access to magic, you became a real thorn in my side. That's true. <laughs> yeah, and that's what it's all about: players being the thorn in the DM side, as I have learned as well. I'm <laughs> so scared for this mm -hmm. new campaign. It's like. 
I have all of these preparations and you might as well destroy everything in the first 10 minutes of the next episode. I, don't know. <laughs> I think the one thing the game mechanic wise that frustrates me a little bit in terms of combat is like CD8 is so useful, but it takes up my entire turn. Like I can't do anything else. Like if I use CD8 at all. Yeah. So I think that is like, I mean, the one time I think I it came into fruition in the battle sequence of this last one where i tried to cast a spell but then also have cd8 attack and that's not possible right mm. so like mm. it, it feels like while cd8 is so useful and can be so useful i have to figure out more strategically how i can use him within the confines of the mechanics that he's like you know yeah, i mean if you want i can send you some DD resources if you want to like read up a little bit about stuff i'd like to figure it out Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I'll try to come up with my own creative ways. I think that's the part, part of the game is figuring the mechanics out a little bit yourself. If I'm completely, I don't think it's the, what's what's nice. Also, is that because like Adam, and Alex are so experienced in what they're doing, and like also can just like be the um, you know the muscle. I can just kind of also figure things out as we go along, and that's a yeah. fun like. Even if I don't deal damage for three straight episodes, oh, three episodes, three straight seasons, not seasons. Wow, what was that? Like? <laughs> that three straight turns. Even worse. <laughs> yeah, three seasons. That, that I think at that point, it's like I think I need to roll a new character. Or something. Yeah, something no, I think I need to quit at that point. Um, yes. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but as yeah, if I if I don't deal about damage for three straight turns, then it it's still okay. I'm not going to be dead most likely mm-hmm. because of the people I'm at my side. So I guess a thank you to Adam and Alex for coming with me on this journey. T- journey to spite Chris. <laughs> it was fun. One thing that really surprised me was when you picked your magic item, Rashad. I thought like sp- the like slippers of sp- spider climb were like, ah, oh, whatever. But it ruins every encounter that's <laughs> indoors. I hate it so much. It's amazing. <laughs> and that's why after after the cave, like there was no indoor fighting anymore. <laughs> I was like, nah, fuck this. <laughs> I hate this. But also I realized that I haven't had you fight magic users so far. Because like this was kind of a test run, not just, you know, to get Rashad into playing, but also for me to DM, of course. So I just realized there are like mm-hmm. a few things that I need to work on. Like, you know, I haven't done magic user- users so far. That's going to change for sure. And some other things. Absolutely. Like my NPC economy was a little bit all over the place, I thought. But I'm getting into the swing of things, I think, a little bit better. There have been some updates to the Ranger. The original Ranger in the Player's Handbook has been updated on the D&D website in an article on Unearthed Arcana. So you, Chris, might want to have a look at those and see if any of those abilities, because some of them are like kind of game changers. It's it's the reason why Badger Man was so ridiculously powerful. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I'll take a look at them for sure. Yeah, it's so interesting. I also got really into like taking a look at the extended options because there are so many more race options, for example. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of fun. So yeah. now I think I, I told you it last time, like because I'm DMing like two different groups now and it's like, I can't play myself. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'm going to do it that like some of the NPCs that you're meeting are basically characters that I've made up that I'm going to play as at some point. And like, That's... it's basically... Now I have like a roster of like basically all of the class, all classes that are available except the ones that I've already played. I have like a built character for, so that's kind of nice. Is it too much of a hassle if we, um, or too much extra work on you if we like have guest players 
at some point come on for like an oh episode. we'll definitely have guest players um okay. i have already i mean obviously uh joe's gonna come on at some yeah. point i think he uh, should be first on the list yeah for sure for sure i also have like a few people that w- definitely want to join okay. i don't want to i want i don't want to reveal anything but i also have to see where they fit into like where it makes sense for you to meet mm-hmm. them yeah like in in, like there is one friend for example who has like a very specific character and uh it kind of depends on you when they're when they are going to come up because it's like a very specific setting where they would make sense i see you're being so cryptic so now i'm I'm really curious about all the people you've yeah yeah talked to about yeah i mean you're gonna be able to visit basically anything in faroon Mm -hmm. so wherever you are going you're gonna meet different people do we have a way to get back to the other place if we wanted to? Yeah, you could, for sure. I mean, we have those signet rings. Maybe there's something in there that can help us get back. <laughs> that would that would definitely break. Like, I have all of this pl- these things. Like, prepared. Yeah, let's just go back. I mean, I, I, already, I already know what I had planned for, th- like things to happen in midgard so mm-hmm. that's not the the issue but it would kind of suck <laughs> yeah because i think we should get like at least a free voucher for like travel for anywhere we want to oh, go yeah. right so Absolutely. like we should definitely put fire to the flame need- oh for yeah. teleportation travel exactly yeah. <laughs> so then, we, yeah. we need to talk to them <laughs> just just be aware chris that we will be having a big complaint with the complaints departments <laughs> at the beginning of next session <laughs> I, I i'm i'm very prepared for this <laughs> Uh, Adam or Alex, can you guys like? Are you magical enough to be able to manage like one of these transportation things yourselves? N- not at this level. At level nine, I think I can. <laughs> okay, I will just k- keep you at level eight for forever. <laughs> <laughs> if we tear this company down and take control of it, and then we can we can do whatever the hell we want. We've killed a dragon, right? We can take a company down. Killing a dragon is nothing against you know wanting money back from a company good luck on that <laughs> i feel like it might be easier just to slay another dragon yeah i mean speaking of deutsche bahn for example like yeah exactly good luck do you have some highlights of your own characters so far or like other or like group moments maybe i did enjoy thunder stepping the uh, the remoraz in the face to rescue wolfgang that was yeah fun. that was great that mm-hmm. was great Diving in front of the lightning bolts to say CD8 yeah. is another fun yeah. one. That's yeah, for really sure. awesome. That was a great moment. Probably the greatest moment we've had so far. Yeah, that was a pretty good one. I mean, I liked um, the fact that I revived Pippin. That was pretty great. Yeah, that's another thing that I just totally didn't expect. Yeah. I was like, what? I didn't even know that, that uh, that's like such a low-level spell mm-hmm. that you'd get it that quickly. So I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I, I mean, the the confines of it, like, you know, versus resurrect are quite small. Like the person needs to have just died in the last 60 Minute, seconds. Think, like yeah. you need. Yeah, it's not. So in that case, it, it you have to work really fast. But I mean, obviously, it's such a big thing to like literally like grab someone's spirit and like, nope, get back here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in the end, I came around to really liking you going rabbit hunting the first time. <laughs> I re- I re- I remember when we when we recorded I really disliked it because I wasn't like spontaneous enough I was like no I want to like drive the narrative forward but it was so funny to me. <laughs> like in I was cold yeah and now it kind of really paid off with what Ahoy did so yeah. 
That's yeah. really nice. Also, when, like, after the explosion in the Winter Palace, when uh, Ahoy and CD8 were just chilling on the roof, that was, like, a really nice moment, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was really nice. So, listeners, you can uh, send us a message about what you think was our coolest moments. Absolutely. And, Adam, how could they do that? Oh, well, they can uh, drop us a line, uh, teleportation circle here or there, to seriallyhook.com. And if people want to... Uh, support the show alex what's the best way they can do that um they can give us a five-star rating on apple Podcasts, spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts um and hopefully if you do that even more people will be able to hear our story you're such you've become such podcasting pros guys